Hey, welcome to the After Now podcast with Tim and George. Give us a listen. What do you have to lose? Because let's be honest, you've wasted time on sketchier stuff than this before. Hey, Tim. Hey, George. What do you call a Russian tank brigade returning from Ukraine? Uh, I don't know. What What do you call it? An infantry division. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, Tim. Hey, George. Why did the drone break up with its girlfriend? I, I don't know. Why did the drone break up with his girlfriend? Because it was always hovering. See, there you go. That one, that's a good one. Both of them are good ones. I like that. I guess. I guess yeah. the topic today is uh, the one year. Um, that w- so we we've just been on we we've been on the show for just over a year, right? We've been doing this. Yep. Yeah. 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 And yeah. and the Ukrainian war has been going on for I, I, this week. Will mark the one year anniversary. Really, it's one year, man. Wow, that's amazing. It's amazing that, uh, you know, they've been able to stick it out for as long as they have. And um, hats off to the Ukrainians. Yeah, yeah. That situation just keeps on getting crazier and crazier. um... If we're not careful, it it can become the the powder keg. Well, it is. You know, and so the people that are really amazing in this whole thing are the ukrainian people right absolutely and um and it also shows they're they're tough sobs man they don't they don't mess around no um and they're very ingenious yeah they and that's that's some of the stuff we're going to talk about tonight is uh you know um what they've done to fit a square peg in a round hole if you will yeah, and what's what's interesting, um, you know, I think, I, I, well, I I know most of the world didn't necessarily give Ukraine their props in terms of being technologically advanced um, or ingenious as they are. You know, a lot of times we think, oh, um, it's China or the U.S. or right. whatever that that has all these you know technologists and um they're the ones that that drive all the technology well i find it's not necessarily true right uh, uh, right i agree there's some um and there's a whole political thing and the, the thing that sucks for the ukrainian people is there's a whole political backdrop where there's chess being played within ukraine right um from from all sides there's so many different sides to the ukrainian issue it's not as simple as um i think it it it's easy to try to break it down and say russia bad west is good right there there's a lot more to it than that yeah um, but but what concerns me and, and what i meant by a, the powder keg you know it, i didn't mean to diminish the um uh, the, the seriousness of the war, but um, 
you know, uh, there's a real potential for this escalating to uh, the global stage, right? And oh man, uh, and it, it's 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 like a giant game of chicken, man. And, and, yeah, and 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 it's honestly, it's pretty amazing that it hasn't escalated, it hasn't spun out of control yet. No, I I agree, and um, you know, in the um, in the days leading up to the war a year ago, uh, and for about up to two weeks afterwards, and and maybe even a little longer than that. You know, you you got to hear a little bit about the cyber warfare that was kind of uh, going on, and you know, yeah, I was, that's kind of what started, right? I yeah, kind of how it started. Yeah, the, I, if if I remember my my news, my history, the my recollection of what I was reading a year ago, you know, a, a lot of intelligence gathering organizations, including you know the Ukrainians, you know, pretty much figured that this was starting because. There was a lot of cyber ops, cyber warfare that was occurring from the Russian side into the Ukraine. So they were they were going after infrastructure, power, um, you know, anything like that. Um, and you know, my first <laughs> initial thought was, "Good luck," because you're you're trying to create cyber cyber warfare with the Ukrainians. That you're nuts. Yeah, yeah. And that and that's the thing. Everyone really they didn't realize. Um, Ukraine, Ukraine was kind of known as being a hotbed of where a lot of cyber shenanigans were happening before the war. Right, right, right. Some some good and some not necessarily good. Um, but uh, it, it's it it was a much more technologically advanced country than anyone gave them credit for and i believe the russians kind of used the ukrainian knowledge base for their purposes until until they turned against each other right and (laughs) oh yeah no that politically this is just a crazy situation um and the ukrainian people are the ones caught in the middle and boy i'll tell you what they're just uh, the resiliency that they've shown is just freaking amazing. Yeah, yeah, just and, amazing. And, and there's been you know a lot of support, right, um, by way of NATO, even though they're not a NATO country, um, you know. And that's where the scary escalation piece comes in. But you know, yeah. the the interesting thing to me on, you know, and. and and I don't mean to make this, uh, you know, a cold-hearted examination. You know, obviously people are dying, and and we have to be uh, mindful of that. Um, and uh, you know, um, and and that that's just reality, right? Of war. Um, but but you know the the ability to leverage drones the way they have been, then the countermeasures, unbelievable. Oh, and then the countermeasures from 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 Russia of taking the drones down. I mean, you, and then the Ukraine's use of, you know, uh, Starlink and, you know, how they've essentially weaponized Starlink and Starlink not liking that. So the narratives, you know, to your point, the narratives are all over the place on this. Oh my gosh. And, uh, you know, speaking from, so first of all, uh, you know, again, I think you did a, a 
great job pointing that out, Tim, that there are human lives involved. There's bravery. There's incredible suffering going on. There's resilience. There's, you know, can't say enough of the about the Ukrainian people, uh, regardless of the situation around the Ukrainian people, just top notch, right? Just right. showing the world what's what it's about. Um, but this, to me, this conflict and this conflict kind of came up and. Um, nobody was was really i guess prepared for what came of it right because because it, here's here's what i mean by that <clears throat> um i kind of see it as a world war ii moment and here's what i mean by that prior to world war ii all the big nations in the country in the world uh, there was a uh, a race to build battleships um germany did it england japan um us you know it was the biggest and baddest battleships and the tonnage became ridiculous and the size of these battleships and the number of guns and all and it it literally bankrupted some company some countries because they were spending so much of their um of their resources in building and developing battleships right <clears throat> War two happens, and the battleship played a very, very small role. There was one, I believe, there was one battleship versus battleship engagement in all of World War II. So you got all these battleships, and what happened during World War II? What happened was... They developed the airplane enough, right? The carrier, the aircraft carrier, right? The air, but there was not a big race to create aircraft carriers before the beginning of World War II, right? They just weren't. We had a few, a couple other nations had a few, you know, <clears throat> the it, to, to show you the numbers. When we knocked out, I think three or four carriers in the Battle of Midway. That was almost all the carriers in the Japanese fleet. The, yep. But they had battleships, right? And so what I'm saying is when Ukraine started, uh, uh, there is a point here. So when the Ukrainian war started, it was kind of that old mentality of we're going to fight the last war. And then you see all this video of drones and these missiles that knock out uh, Russia's biggest missile battleship. <laughs> right. And, and and it's like, holy shit. Everything we thought is wrong. I mean, they're taking these drones and they're very ingenious. They would put mortar shells with a, a, a mechanism. They'd fly it over people and literally drop it. Yeah, in at tanks, uh, the the Russians would literally keep the uh, the top, essentially door open on on the tank, the hatch, and they just drop it in there. And you know, it's kind of like a firecracker, right? I mean, it you you put a firecracker in your hand, and if if you have an open hand, it's gonna do very little damage. But if you close it and you put your firecracker inside of a fist, it's gonna blow your hand off. 
Yeah, and, and it's just amazing that they had that much accuracy. But they retrofitted drones. Yeah, they're doing they're doing a lot with a little. And um it it's it would be, you know, negligent of us to also bring up the fact that Iran apparently is supporting um, you know, Russia with with their own yeah. drone technology. Um in in one year's time, this has become I mean, it started off as the most technological war probably ever waged. And it's become yeah. much more than that. It's become, you know, I mean, obviously it's conventional warfare on the ground. Um, and it's it's definitely cyber ops warfare, you know, and, and whatnot. The the only the only thing that I have to say is I mean, two things that have surprised me. Um one, um that it hasn't escalated into a larger conflict, which we've yeah. already talked about. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, and, and two, it's it's absolutely surprised me. Even though the Russians were near and or around. Um, uh, oh, Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Thank you. They were the Russians being up in Chernobyl. But you know, I I, I heard that there was there was a live fire in that area uh, a couple months back. There probably is even today, but oh, yeah, they're, they're, they 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 had Russian cr- troops camped out there. Yeah, in the but dirt. but it's it's amazing to me that nothing has happened there. Yeah, well, it, it's a tough. You don't want to destroy the country that you want to take over, and there's nothing positive that you can get out of destroying a nuclear power plant. It's just not. No, especially when the wind blows back your way. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but this has changed everything. I, I mean, how many how many weapon systems have just been rendered obsolete? Right. And it's because, hey, they're, they're finding new technology and they're finding new ways to use it. Um, and they're being very ingenious about this. You know, when, when they get uh, a weapon system from the west they they don't just leave it alone they modify it and it becomes a whole new thing it well you you, it it kind of feels almost like the end of the first quarter it does that's exactly what i was about to say it was like (laughs) that 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 was the sentence that i was having problems putting together which which was i i almost feel like this is the first barrage you know it's the and now we're waiting for that second that second coming, right? Yeah, but it's not, and and you know that that's not even the end of it. That this is going to be a long, a prolonged, drawn out thing. It's um, oh boy, it's it, it just messy and um, uh, yeah. there's again, there's so many different ways to 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 look at this, and and yeah. um. And then you you know you always my my mind always goes to okay follow the money where is the money going um, what is the end game and who's going to benefit yeah and you know what what's really weird and it's it's kind of like the the reason why and I think I think the reason why we wanted to do this show um, or at least one of the reasons why I wanted to do this show is. Never before has private industry, I mean, real, okay, General Motors for sure, 
um, has gotten into the war effort with World War II, right? That kind of stuff. Oh, Ford, yeah. yeah Ford, right. You know, absolutely. I'm not, you know, and, and of course, private industry, you know, they stopped, you know, all the rubber, all of the steel, all of the aluminum was, was uh, you know, essentially hoarded and reserved for war effort. And, you know, we all know about those stories about World War II. And, and, and quite honestly, they're amazing stories. Oh yeah, the rationing and all that stuff, and uh, the it was tough. But the a lot new, of sacrificing. It is, yeah, absolutely. The new, the new version of that. Not that we still need the tanks, we still need the missiles, we still need all those things. But you know, the things that you never would think of, or the things that you don't normally, your mind doesn't normally go to. You know, for example, and this is this is something I'm just gonna bring up. As a as a left field thing, um, Microsoft, you know, supports the uh, Ukrainian effort. Um, Hundred million dollars in services. Wow. Um, uh, by the end of twenty twenty three, that's that's an estimate of a hundred million dollars in services and products by the end of twenty twenty three. Um, and that's that's th- these are the five bullet points to that, right? So. Numero uno is cybersecurity protection. So, you know, obviously um, the Ukrainians are good, um, but, you know, now they're looking to <laughs> U.S. Fortune 100 companies. Um, yeah. Microsoft supporting nonprofits and humanitarian organizations. So that's more of an outreach type of thing. Um, providing data and support to international organizations aiding Ukraine. So bringing the money in, war effort type of stuff. Uh, supporting and assisting employees who are contributing to nonprofits engaging in humanitarian uh, humanitarian relief. So, you know, this is uh, a, an article that was written by GeekWire. I think they did a really good job. I'm gonna I'm gonna give them the kudos. And and this was back in November of 2022. So just about what six months, right? Yeah, yeah, and and you know that brings up an interesting point. That's what's being publicized, right? The right. humanitarian this and the humanitarian that, um, and they have to, because after this war, anybody that supported Russia is still a customer, right? <laughs> and oh, so, oh yeah, and, and so it's a it's a fine line they got to walk. It just seems I think a powder keg is a really good way to to look at it, and. and and it just seems like there's children lighting matches all around, <laughs> you know. Oh, <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Stop. I think children with matches is a perfect example uh, or analogy. It's um. Oh man, I, I there there's. And again, I think we've kind of, to be honest with you, I think it's kind of fallen off the radar a little bit because things have quieted down. It could be winter. It could be whatever. Um, but yeah, when that second act comes, uh, yeah. and there's so many different countries right all along it, you know, it's like um, Romania, Poland, all these other countries are so that border Ukraine that are like, they're, I'm, I'm sure they're breathing easier now. They're also on guard, and um, boy, it's a dangerous time. Dangerous time. Yeah, it, it it feels like it's getting more dangerous, actually. Yeah. Well, um, 
you know, you've got Putin saying, you know, uh, he just gave a speech saying that they're going to win and they're going to do this. And then, uh, um, you know, you got Biden saying um, we're we're never going to let that happen. We've got Ukraine's back and we're going to keep on supporting them and this, that and the other thing. Oof. Um some things of like this have happened before and it's uh um it generally doesn't have a super happy ending <laughs> you know no no it does not you're absolutely correct and and i think that um i think that as things uh as they are going you know the whole thing with you know we haven't even really talked about the chinese balloons right no no we haven't but we know that there's payload on that. We know that there was intelligence payload on it. We know it was electronic payload. Um, yeah, and and we're going to do a show on that. We're gonna we're um, gonna do it, but but yeah, but this. It, this... It, it, here's my thought. I was thinking about this Tim. In the old days, everybody, uh, your, all these countries wanted to empire build, right? They wanted as much land under them as possible, and. Um, uh, China is going about doing this and, and Russia is doing this uh, to a certain extent where they're in China is the most, but where well, they'll go into African countries. And basically what they do is they own these company countries by putting them so much in debt. So what they'll do is they'll say, okay, we'll build highways from border to border in, in your country. We'll, put electricity we'll do this we'll do that um but they don't do it for free what they do is they say we'll do it and then you'll pay us back alone knowing fully well these countries will never be able to <laughs> pay those loans back right right and so and so what happens is um like in congo they'll say okay we know you're not going to pay the loans back so what we're going to do is we're going to um we're going to mine all these precious metals that we need to make rechargeable batteries. And they basically use people as slave labor from that country. And there, there's all these YouTube videos of like, even when they build the highways, um, the, these Chinese contractors are beating these African workers uh, and saying, come on, you got to work hard, <laughs> you know, and, and all this other stuff. My point is, why would you want that headache in this day and age? Right. Okay. So, okay. So you get more natural resources. Um, and then you get these countries under your belt and it becomes part of your market and in your, your power. It, it, haven't we learned that the whole empire building thing always ends poorly? Always, always, always ends poorly. Cause then what happens is after a certain amount of years, you, the the con the country that owns that other country, in this case, let's say China, um, uh, owns Nigeria or something like that. You know, through loans, China's going to have to pay for it. China's going to have to have troops there to keep order. China's going to have to maintain all that stuff. That's a, that's a pain in the ass in this day and age. Hmm, it's expensive the, too. Oh, it's really expensive. And so what is initially an asset becomes, you know, a debit, if you will. Right, right. 
because you know a few years honestly not that long into the relationship okay you're getting the natural resources out of it um you do have to you do have to put something back and right. and my thought is you know the imperial thing okay that was that was a big thing in you know in um part of world war ii who would it just seems like a terrible idea right and and so and so the the benefit is it an eagle thing or something i don't know i don't know but but i the the idea of war or at least the you know um the the way war is being waged it seems like is shifting right um oh yeah to you know a virtual plane um although a lot of experts have said um even you know uh as recently as a couple days ago um we're in we're at the mid to end of february now um you know that it it could have been a lot worse and oh absolutely and and that kind of begs the question tim why wasn't it worse well and a lot of people no i i you know, you know what I'm saying? And I've done a little research on this, just a little, not a lot. But I mean, you know, um, there, there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of uh, buildup towards towards when Russia invaded the Ukraine uh, again for the second time. And, you know, there was a lot of, uh, you know, software push by Microsoft. There was a lot of software push and in hardening of systems by U.S. intelligence, Ukrainian intelligence, Ukrainian government, all those things. And, you know, even Google, Google was part of that as well. They've got Mm -hmm. um, they've got they've got, uh, you know, a um, subsidiary in in Europe that deals with cyber cyber defense. And there's a big collaborative that that is, you know, uh, in place to. To, to deal with stuff like this. And, um, you know, a lot of that is inter- interdepartmental with the U.S. government, but the U- Ukrainian government was very good at, um, you know, bringing in help from outside and in hardening their infrastructure as well. And so a lot of the effort uh, that uh, R- Russian cyber ops uh, and and Ir- Iranian or Iranian, however you want to pronounce it, cyber ops, mm. um, you know, attempted to, you know, gain access to attack, to seize command and control, those types of things was pretty much, you know, um, from from a lot of what I've read, um, rendered useless. Yeah, because, just because, thwarted. Yeah, it's thwarted because of, because of their activities, planning. You know, um, not to say that some weren't successful, for sure. You know, and and uh, you know, it's, it's not always going to be a hundred percent. But you know, a lot of people are saying it could have been worse, and it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, historically, um, military historians will point out that Russians are notoriously slow starters. You know, World War Two, uh, the Germans pushed them. Uh, all the way back to their capital before they started mounting a good counterattack. And um, they're it's just the vodka. known as... It's the yeah, vodka. <laughs> it is the vodka. Um, but in this particular case, it's like, I don't think they had a clue as to <clears throat> how do we how do we combat these drones? How do we combat these these new things? And um, clearly their, their troops were not um, equipped or 
are properly trained for this kind of stuff and um and the casualties are just it's ridiculous um but yeah, it's it's, um, it's sad i mean even though the in this case in my opinion they're the aggressor it's it's still sad to see loss of life it's terrible and you know um the aggressor is in the eyes of the beholder absolutely <laughs> you know and um and just the the fact that this is happening um and how you know what is the end goal here um boy i you know we're doing we're doing ukraine no huge favors um in one respect like you know we're saying we're giving all this aid and and nato's doing all this aid well so when a nato country gives ukraine aid they're using that to buy weapons right <laughs> and and basically we're giving them weapons and i um, I don't know if the, that aid is in the form of loans or is that a gimme? Uh, are we just cleaning out our arsenal so we get new stuff? And I, um, well, and that, that's an, that's an interesting take before, before you decide to go on to the next topic real quick there, you know, yeah. there, there is, we, we should talk about the, uh, I, I say this in a, you know, uh, intelligence slash, um, military you know, lens, right? Um, using a military lens, but you know, we're we're the beneficiaries of the situation, um, and so is NATO, oh, yeah. and 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 to be honest with you, China is too, because oh, absolutely, China and Iran are <laughs> no ab- question about it. Absolutely, because we're 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 flushing out the old hardware. We're flushing out how people are doing. You know how we perceive the next war will be waged because this is the next war. When, yeah, yeah. When there's when there's a disagreement in the next disagreement or the next, um, uh, you know, war in the Middle East, um, or God forbid, um, something happens in Taiwan, um, mm-hmm. this is how it's going to play out. Different <clears throat> different pieces yeah. on the chessboard, but similar moves. Yeah, and and they're testing. Okay, what? How do I counter this piece of equipment? How do I counter that piece of equipment? This worked really well. This didn't work very well. Um, I, it, it, from from a technology perspective, I I really think that people are just kind of like, okay, this is it's this is our beta test. Yeah, and you know, um, from our government's perspective, man. You know, they got to be sitting back and it's like, what level of enheartening needs to occur, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, you know, I, I hate being one of those guys uh, that's, you know, an alarmist. I mean, obviously, this is our podcast, so we, we can take the narrative wherever we want to take the narrative. But my mind starts going to, you know, do, do, do I think that something's going to happen to a major city or something like that? No, I I don't know. Maybe ignorance is bliss, whatever. But my my perspective is, if anything happens, it's going to be cyber attack, loss of power, you know, loss of utilities. There's only so much your government can protect you from, and you need to be a little self sufficient. You do, and, and you know, I've heard theories that um, 
maybe some of these events that we're seeing are, you know, train derailments, what have you. You'd never know until it happens. And then after it happens, you're like, holy shit, we, you know, these were, they had dry runs because all this stuff failed before. We just didn't recognize it for what it was. Right. And that's the trouble. You don't recognize what could be a precursor event until after the actual event happens. And if I was, if I was a uh, country trying to, you know, take out another country, right? Mm-hmm. I'd go off to the infrastructure first. So when you say, why have we had X amount of train derailments in, you know, so many days, so many weeks, you know, four or five in completely geographically different locations, you know, and th- this is where the conspiracy theorists start like really taking over and they start going really uh, apeshit crazy, you know, and, and I don't like it when my mind goes there, but it's like you said, and it's a good point. It's hard not to go there. So we were talking about, you know, um, we don't want to go down the conspiracy rabbit hole and all that other Right. But, but, <clears throat> one thing we always ask our, our audience to do uh, is for each person to be an independent thinker. Mm-hmm. Try to get as much information as you can and make your own decision. The reason some of these things uh, become conspiracy theories is because it's the logical next step. It's the logical process of if you follow the progression of the way some of these things happen, it's not a conspiracy theory if it's true. Right. You know? And we've been... um We've been lied to a lot lately in terms of what so-called authorities have said and what we find out to be true. Agreed. I agree. On so many things. And so it, it leads you to, well, you know, hey, it's quacking like a duck. I don't want, I don't want it to be true because that would really suck. And that would that would mean I'm very disappointed, but it's quacking, so it, it's probably duck. It, it, if it qu- <laughs> yep, if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it probably is a duck. Um, and and to your point, uh, we do like independent thinkers. However, we also arm our our listeners with with facts too. And, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to ask you a question. I want to know. I want to know if you know this answer real quick. Okay. And if you don't. No biggie, because guess what? I was completely blown away by this number. Okay. Okay. Um, on average, since you know, let's call it the mid, the late eighties, mid nineties, how many train accidents do you think occur in in the United States per year? I had heard a number, and I, um. I was absolutely floored by it. Okay. Um, I had heard that it was like a thousand a year. You're absolutely correct. It is a thousand accidents per year on average, except last year twenty or uh, two years ago, twenty twenty one was a little bit of an um, uh, an anomaly. Um, there was actually sixteen hundred twenty seven. 
That's nuts. So, you know, I I get the conspiracy theorists, and I and I get you know, we, you never know how it affects you until it affects you, and um, and I know that's a very you know, duh, obvious thing to say, but you know when you hear about three train develop uh, derailments in in four weeks, and all of them have ha- has hazardous materials on them, uh, and all of them make the nightly news, you know, one must go down that thought path. It, it, and it it's normal to and here's so <clears throat> with that uh, a couple things pop into my mind Mm -hmm. number one we suck at rail in this country we absolutely suck if if it's if we're having almost three accidents a day we suck at it and how is that how is that acceptable by any by any means it's not acceptable so so a we suck at rail number two the um, the rail accident we had in Ohio, it just didn't seem right. It didn't get any press coverage, and you know. And then they started the thing on fire, causing mustard gas to be created, and all of a sudden. And again, try not to be political here, but supposedly there is an administration that is all about environmental issues and, you know, going after uh, polluters and greenhouse gases and making everything as as green as possible. They didn't say a freaking word. Right. For like 11 days. And then even when they after 11 days, they said, OK, we're going to look at it. That's not Right. And that's that's where the conspiracy theory comes in because it's like, what the hell was that? Yeah, that 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 that's not a, again, that's not a logical response to deadly chemicals being purposely burnt. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And if you're if you're like me, uh, where or and a lot of people aren't like me, and that's that's probably a good thing. Um, but you know, you know, like like you, I'm sure you're probably sitting around thinking about this show sometimes, and you know, you're watching the news sometimes, and mm-hmm. you're working. And I, in my office, I have a a TV, and I'm watching, you know, with the news, and you know, it. I, I'm just like, what is going on? Why is there so many? Tra-? And then you start getting into the numbers, and then you you self educate yourself, and it's kind of yeah. like, you know, um. I, I just don't get how, and you know, you, you kind of took the words right out of my mouth and I love the fact that you did. I mean, how do we suck so bad at, yeah. at, at something we're supposed to be, you know, but you, you, if you've ever gone to Japan or if you've ever gone to Europe, which a lot of people have, of course, mm-hmm. you'll see the difference in train technology. You'll see, um, oh, yeah. You know, uh, people in Europe ride trains like crazy between countries, um, and even and they proactively maintain their track. And that, that, you know, that's part of the other thing. It's um, it's a point of pride for them. It is, but here it's like, well, this this part of the track is owned by this company, 
this part is owned by the government, this part is owned by whatever. And, you know, because of this, there's been a lot of talk about how in in Europe, they have continual maintenance. And when, you know, they, they're just much more efficient at it. They, when they um, maintain something, they save what they can. They don't just replace everything willy nilly. They'll, they'll do the, the, the railroad ties as well. Um, and then they polish the tracks so that they're smoother. And apparently we just don't have anywhere near that type of maintenance sophistication. Yeah. Give me a break. I, I know. I mean, <laughs> think about it. Like, can you imagine, like, we're, we're talking about a sustained number of, let's just say a range between 1,050 and 1,700 accidents per year from 1990 till last year. Can you imagine if 1,000 airplanes crashed every year? I mean, even even if they were cargo jets. I'm, I'm not talking about passenger planes. I'm talking about cargo jets. It would never, <laughs> ever be tolerated. So how is it tolerated? Um, you know, in, in this, uh, you know, in, in this modality of transportation, I don't get it. Well, so think about the numbers. You said since what the the report probably said since the nineties. Uh, it was mid eighties, really. The numbers get skewed, <laughs> so the numbers go really high in the seventies. But you know, the seventies that's that's a different right. story for a different show. <laughs> right, but okay. So since the eighties, there have been forty thousand rail accidents. Yeah. 40,000. That's crazy. <laughs> and, you know, in, in, so, and I hate saying this, but, you know, talking about conspiracy theorists, so, or or just, you know, our attention to detail has shifted. And I yeah. really think that's what we're looking at here because let me give you something else that has literally scared the crap out of me. <laughs> Since I've been on social media, the number of highly reported, highly publicized plane incidences. Now, we're not talking about, you know, a Karen going crazy on a plane mm -hmm. um, or we're talking about um, engine casings being blown off, sucked off or or broken off. Um, engine failure on, on liftoff due to, I said due to, due to, <laughs> Ayo, Ayo. Um, due to a bird strike, um, in, you know, stuff like that, um, un, unexplained or not unexplained, but hard to explain, um, much more violent turbulence. We, we touched on this in some previous episodes, you know, where, yeah, you yeah, know, we were talking about weather and yeah, global, global, uh, you know, conditions and, and climate change has, has messed around with, with the jet stream and it's causing, you know, a, a more aggressive turbulence, but you're just seeing a lot more of this. And so, yeah, you know, one might say, well, nowhere in the frequency of a thousand per year, but you are, we are seeing more of this. Um, what's, what's, what's happening in my opinion is, um, like with telephones and like with, you know, 
social media and like with computers, internet, everything, the world constricts, constricts, constricts even tighter and tighter and tighter into a small little ball because we just have all of the information at our fingertips. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's also, you know, it's also the way we live and, and what we're demanding. So we want the cheap airline ticket, right? And um, there's a there's a story. It's actually a commercial. Frank Borman was one of the astronauts um, in Apollo 8 that made the first trip to the moon. They didn't land on the moon, but they... Um, they actually orbited the moon a few times and came back to Earth. So the first time anyone actually made it to the moon. Um, he was a fastidious um, leader and uh, very anal retentive, and, and he became the president of Eastern Airlines. Um, Eastern Airlines had been bought and whatever and no longer in business. But there was a famous commercial with him where he's sitting in the plane and um, – He's, he's talking about their attention to detail at Eastern Airlines. <laughs> and um, and I, I, I heard him, he was interviewed in a book, and they said, uh, you know, why are you so, so focused on these details? And he said, if a passenger opens up their tray table and sees a circle of coffee where the previous person had their coffee cup mm-hmm. they're going to think that if we can't clean a tray table how are we going to maintain our engines <laughs> a big lesson there yeah no for sure um and and, and that's the level of detail that it's boring it's hard and it's expensive and that's um that's kind of what's missing and because yeah. of that, it's like these planes got to be up in the air all the time. We can't, you know, it. We we got to maximize this. We got to keep them rolling. Da 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 da. And then maintenance gets mixed, missed. Um, screws aren't tightened. What have you? And then you you, you get an, an engine cowling that just flies off on takeoff. You know? Yeah. Oh oh, for sure. And and you know, you you pull the numbers though, and the numbers are the numbers don't lie, right? I mean, no, never do. Roughly seventy to ninety crashes per year. That's globally. When we're talking about train accidents, just yeah. a few minutes ago, we were talking about North America. Yeah. Um. So seventy to ninety per year globally. That includes commercial planes and privately owned uh, planes worldwide. And, you know, so when you're talking about privately owned ones, there's there's different types of maintenance, you know, I mean. And people don't know how to fly them. We're, we're and... talking about Cessnas, you know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, yeah. That's included. Yeah, yeah. I'm never going in a Cessna, so it's not going <laughs> to. Um, but, but to. to you know, we often talk about technology on the show, and we all, we often talk about, you know, I know we kind of started, you know, we are circling back around to the Ukrainian war. But, I mean, the, the point is, is that, um, you know, with airplane technology, with, with train technology, and just people observing uh, and those people profiling and it becoming kind of a, a narrative for the... Um, 
the 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 people who want to um look into something that may not be there or maybe they look into something and there is actually something there yeah um the the point is is that you have to empower yourself with the with the information you have to kind of understand what the numbers are that sit beneath the story that you're reading um one last thing on this uh and 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 i i just wanted to say it's interesting that um they always say that flying is the most safest modality because you know yeah look at how unsafe other one in five thousand accidents for cars um you know uh, a thousand accidents per year for trains in north america you know it it it's just amazing to me uh when we go back to it it's amazing to me um that there aren't more incidences oh agreed yeah I mean, you're taking a tin can and put throwing it up in the air <laughs> at, at, at 500 miles an hour, by the way. Right, and it, and if it stops, you don't just glide to a stop. No, no, you don't. Um, but but you know, we we often talk about technology, and you know, flying um, back in the 50s and 60s was you know you know with twa right and uh oh yeah and it was a big deal it was expensive and you got a whole seven course meal and you know people wore their suits and smoked on the plane and you know this was this was for the high that's what where it's where they called that's where the phrase jet setter came from yeah and you got dressed up absolutely like suit and stuff and um not like the hordes of humanity, <laughs> you know, on, on some of these flights or something like that. Right? Exactly. Yeah. But but technology has gotten to a point where, you know, um, it is truly technology. You know, they've perfected the efficiency of the engines. They've perfected the the efficiency of the plane and. You know, I hate to say it through trial and error. You know, uh, and no, that's. You know, we, the NTSB and and then other similar organizations in other countries, you know, when they pull those black boxes, you know, I mean, th- there's a saying in that industry, you know, these people did not die in vain. There's there's going to be a good outcome um, and it's going to lead to safer air travel, air travel or the same thing, the same thing with, you know, the FAA and, you know, them. um you know, uh, imposing rules and restrictions or the same thing with, you know, um, the car industry and them tightening the the nooses on, on, you know, regulatory, you know, everything, everything gets safer. And usually, usually the over, um, the, 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 the number one reason is, um, policy, um, oversight and a new implementation of some type of technology that made somebody safer. Yeah, and in most cases, it 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 and it, it seems like airplanes are the best controlled with it. Autos have done a great job, but sometimes some of the rules are kind of silly, right? <laughs> you know, right. Um, but it seems like like. Airplane people are very, very serious about what they do and what they implement. 
in, they in, are, in what they regulate. They 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 are people of process, and um, and I respect that. Oh, because it has to be. Mm-hmm. There, there's there's no there's no room for error. Well, yeah, I mean, it. It. I jokingly say when I'm on a plane, <laughs> there's there's no shoulder. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you ain't pulling this sucker over. So, um, you know, and this the same method and madness can be applied to you know what we've been talking about. You know, trial and error and 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 whatnot. But you know, when when we get down to it, um, the bleed over from industry to you know what's going on in politics today and and whatnot everything has its place but you know from from my perspective on this at least um the world has gotten a lot smaller and what used to be sitting over there you know um microsoft or united airlines now it seems like these organizations are getting drawn in um and you know they're they're being asked to provide expertise on the things that they know best safety um security whatever it is and that's not always limited to you know just a senator asking them a question on the floor of the senate or you know um a news anchor grilling somebody on the nightly news it's now starting to have real repercussions uh, when it's brought into the war theater uh and and you know being used with live fire and that that to me um is the 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 conversation circling back around is you know the um institutional memory that a lot of these companies have mm-hmm. how is that weaponized yeah yeah it, and it's like it's tapped when it's needed but then it's like okay what's being done when it's not <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, and it sits there. It sits there and, and, you know, um, no one does anything with it. And that's, that's, uh, that's, tra- that's just as tragic. Um, if yeah. not more tragic because, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, we, we were talking about, you know, and we, we joked about this, you and I had conversations about this, uh, in our earlier shows. Um, you know, we were kind of starting our show when COVID was, you know, on the downswing. Yeah. And we were joking. A lot of those planes were empty. Oh, yeah. The ghost flights. The ghost flights. Remember that? Do you know how... Which, which is just a crim... I don't know how. It's just criminal. Yeah. And, you know, so... You know... And just to explain what ghost flights are... Oh, yeah. Um, probably should go back to that, yeah. Yeah, so... The way it was set up was... If you um, if you had a gate at an airport, you had to have so many um, takeoffs and landings for their airport from an airport to keep to basically keep your space. So um, if you didn't have a certain number of takeoffs and landings, um, you would you would lose your gate at a certain airport. So let's say at O'Hare. Um, United had to have so many takeoffs and landings, and if they didn't, they could they could lose their gates, and another airline could take their spots and all this other stuff. Um, so what they did is they flew empty places, planes, all over the country, empty, just to get those takeoffs and landings. And 
now we're seeing planes are one of the hugest emitters of carbon and terrible for uh, greenhouse gases and um, warming up the upper atmosphere. And throughout the entire pandemic, ghost flight. Look it up. You know, just look at it. Right. It's, it and, so, and so, so that's what we're talking about. And it's like, it's so stupid. And it, and it could have been used for good. I mean, a lot of times they were, um, but not as often as they should have been. You know, moving, you know, um, you know, military personnel around to see their families when they're off. I mean, give give the guys a free flight for God's sakes. You know. Um, yeah. Or, or or when we're having all those supply chain issues. Yeah. Fill up a cargo. Absolutely. Pour, pull some of the seats out the back of them, you know, and, and it's funny how very quickly those, those planes can be re- reconfigurable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just next time you get on a plane, see how they've done it and made the seats even closer together. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. I've noticed that myself. I'm not a very small person, by the way. Um, so <laughs> I, I don't need two seats, but uh, I definitely, well, I need probably two coach seats uh they're pretty small (laughs) so but um i guess to bring this full circle um what have we gotten off a topic (laughs) maybe we we just took a little detour we went through a drive-thru there we go that's what we did we went through a drive-thru uh but getting back on topic with ukraine um again the people of ukraine are just amazing showing incredible resilience um but the chess game continues and uh i really feel that this is uh this is just a little intermission where we're at right now yeah and, no, uh, i agree with that and you know i i fear i hope it de-escalates the worst is yet to come yeah yeah, yeah I, I, I hear you i i you know i you know it's uh you watch the news and you kind of you know, oh boy, did he just say that? Oh boy, did they just say that? You know, and and exactly, exactly. And it it really is, um, you know, what I a lot of what I see here is, um, the weaponizing of new technology. That's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, just you know, differences and you know, why are we going through all this? Why are we talking about this? Why is why why did George and Tim spend the last 45 minutes of your time talking about everything here? It's because quite honestly, you we see it. You know, it's 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 clear as day. Um, you know, there's there is clearly a um uh, a situation where uh a lot of a lot of things are coming to a head. Um and uh, it's it's not just one thing it's you know technology it's people acting um a certain way and political you know reasonings feeding into certain things and we we see it it's it's there it's present in both narratives too if you watch if you're a cnn person if you're a fox news person it does not matter it exists in both narratives absolutely oh it and I, I think that honestly, that's that's one of the things that that we're seeing is um, that's probably what scares the crap out of me the most is I'm seeing it in both narratives. And when that happens, <laughs> um, the conspiracy theories are probably true if both opposing sides are seeing the same thing. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean. 
you know, when, when, and we'll have another show on this. I, I agree with you, but when balloons flew, when, when this one specific balloon flew over the United States, you know, the Chinese government got a quick, um, you know, really good, clear vision of how quickly, uh, the bipartisan bickering goes away uh, in Congress and everyone comes to a consensus, you know, blow it out of the sky, you know, shoot first, ask <laughs> questions later. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if that scared the crap out of them or not. I mean, personally, I mean, when I say crap out of who crap out of the Chinese, right. Um, you know, it's it, hopefully people understand that, you know, when, when somebody's sovereign airspace gets violated, they probably, that that's a serious offense. Let's, let's not go down that route. Yes. Yeah. And you got to expect it. Right. right. And, I mean, it's okay for us to do it, but for other people to go into our airspace, that's not fair. Well, if we do it, our, our stuff's going to get shut down too, you right. know? Right. And we do, but yeah. Um, okay. We found, we, you got caught this time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You got the, the cookie. Did you get a cookie out of the cookie jar? I don't know. But you're going to get your hand slapped because it's in there. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought it was an interesting conversation. I'm glad we had it. You know, it was, you know, touching on a, a little bit of everything, you know, uh, the private sector getting involved with war efforts, the Ukraine, where we're at. We, I know we wanted to touch on it. It's been a year and it's, it's been hard to, it's hard to believe that it's been a year. Uh, yeah, it, it really is. Cause it, um, so much has happened and and now it's um it's kind of taken a little bit of a backseat it's like people kind of got bored with it and it things have stabilized a little bit um but i assure you um the people in ukraine are not forgetting about it oh no and and and, and i'm sh- i'm sure the the russian government is is not done with it i mean they're they're obviously like you said this is this is uh this is intermission Yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, uh, more to come. All right, George, thanks. Hey, 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 uh, thank you, Tim. <laughs>